0: and maybe a fancy dinner too. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
1: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited-edition ultra-low-net-carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
0: I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and I am delighted uh, to welcome back to the show the brilliant Adrian Clark. We're going to be breaking down Arsenal season so far. We're going to be talking about the transfer window. We're going to be looking ahead to Manchester United and who better? To break it all down, then the man behind the breakdown, Adrian Clark. How are you? Welcome. Yeah, good evening, Harry. Yeah, no, thanks for
1: having me back on. No, it's good to be here, and it's nice to be on when we're when we're flying.
0: Five out of five, hey. Eh? It's 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 been pretty tasty, hasn't it? It's been beautiful. It's been so good, but I feel like now, as Arsenal fans, we've been conditioned to the point where we can enjoy this now, but we always know um, that you know it could turn. I'm not going to say bad because I think the team have made incredible progress over the last sort of 18, 24 months. But you know that in this league and in this division, you're sort of never far away from a disappointing result. It's just the way it is.
1: There are going to be bumps, aren't there, in the road? It's pretty obvious. Um, it's, been a, it's been a dream start. We're just going to try and ride this wave as long as we can. Uh, TalkSport asked me to put a package together on um, and whether Arsenal could be champions. <laughs> this This was last night before the game and... It was sort of a yes and yes or no, and the obvious answer is no. We're not going to be champions. We're not. That is not going to happen this season. But but the team are progressing, and we can, if others fall, to we can finish third or maybe even second if it, you know if Liverpool have a bit of a bit of a disaster by their standards. But yeah, I think we all just need to enjoy it for what it is, and it's it's great football, winning football, the, the, lots of character in the team, great spirit. The atmosphere is incredible at Emirates Stadium. Let's just have fun this season and see where it takes us. I'd like us to get close to 80 points. If we can get 75 to 80 points, that would
0: be an outstanding season. Totally agree, and it's funny you said that about Talksport because they asked me to send a voice note in yesterday as well for part of something. And the question was, can Arsenal win the league? And and oh, you'd have been part of that same package, then. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely no, absolutely no. We're not getting carried away, Um, Adrian. um, Let's talk a little bit about how the season's gone so far. You mentioned at the top of the programme, you know, five wins out of five couldn't have really asked uh, for anything more. One of the things I've really enjoyed is is watching the, the sort of tactical side of the game. Um, you know the tactical side of the team I guess developing to what looks like a new level to me the way we press the way we close people down I just feel like everything's gone up a level I think we're seeing slightly different roles um, being undertaken by different players in terms of what they're being asked to do what are the differences for you at the start of this season in comparison to how we finished last season?
1: Yeah, um, speed of play. Yeah, I mean, in and out of possession, everything's much, much quicker. And I don't think it takes a rocket science scientist to realise that Gabriel Jesus is the catalyst for that. Obviously, previously we had Aubameyang or Lacazette who who didn't offer anywhere near the same level of sharpness and speed, either pressing or or in terms of moving when we do have the ball. So that that has been the big, big difference. I loved what we saw against Fulham. I loved the change of direction in that game where Mikel Arteta was. You know, he reckoned. I think we played okay in that first half. We weren't terrible. Um, we created some big, big chances against Fulham. They were brave with the way they defended. Then they score, and he's bang. He's, he's, he's straight in. We're changing it three five two, and um, and it worked, didn't it? And I think from that moment on. Um, we were flying. And just having that plan B, that just that plan B straight away in place that he's prepped in pre-season because we saw it in America. We saw it on tour. Um, that is a big step forward. And then I think the interchanging of positions is a little bit better and less predictable than before, particularly on the left with Martelli coming in and, and, or, or Zinchenko coming in, Xhaka pushing on. Um, they're tying the opposition in knots, aren't they, at times over that side? Even last night, um, we freed up loads of space for quarantini at times and for martinelli by um, by good movement so yeah a lot lot we're just doing everything a little bit quicker a little bit sharper and and that's sometimes the difference really
0: yeah it can be indeed um you touched on some of the new signings there gabriel jesus has been um incredible and and as you say his sort of mobility has really given us something different i mean i i remember last night at the game there was one situation i think where he was right out on the left-hand side and we'd played a long ball forward. It was a clearance. And he had sprinted from the left all the way across to the centre to challenge Tyro Mings for the ball. And you're just thinking, as great as he was in terms of his work rate and his effort and his willingness to, you know, take the team forward, Lacazette could never have given you that. And, and so to see that from him, it just really highlighted the differences um, yeah, he's, for me. He's talented, isn't
1: he? But he's also a fighter. I mean, Lacazette was a fighter as well, but... It's different, I think, with a younger man. You know, and the, so He's got the fear factor, I think, as well, Gabriel Jesus, with defenders. They're very nervous about him at the moment. But, yeah, what I love about him is sort of an area of his game that I didn't really know he had in his locker. And that is basically being a bit of a pest to, to, to centre-halves and knocking them about. He's not the biggest. I think he's even smaller than, you know, I'm 5'10". I think he's smaller than me. Um, but he he goes up against six foot odd defenders and he knocks them around. He backs into them. He says, "No, you can't, get, you can't outstrength me." And he'll charge into them. I mean, you look at the duels that he has per game, the sort of 50-50s that he gets involved in. It's off the scale, you know. And that's that's all of his own own choosing, really. And yeah, I, th- I think that's just one of the reasons why the Arsenal fans are absolutely loving him. The main reason is he's just just a brilliant striker. But but I love I love the sort of heart and and fighting spirit as well.
0: Absolutely. What have you made of uh, Alexander Zinchenko's start to life at Arsenal? Um, has played at left-back primarily, but often comes into that inverted position and uh, and really kind of makes a difference there for me. Um, mm-hmm. What have you made of, of his start? Of course, he's injured now, which is disappointing, but it's been positive, is not it? Yeah, hopefully
1: he'll be back for Manchester United. I don't know, but, but we could really do with him. Um, yeah, I, I, I just love his calmness. Just on the ball, he's so cool and so so calm. He doesn't rush anything. Looks after possession really nicely. He's a brilliant passer. We know that. Excellent technician. But but I think all aspects of his game have impressed me. Like The defensive side, I think against Crystal Palace in the second half, they tried to get at him because they're so powerful and quick. I think it was Ayu, wasn't it, on that side? It gave him one or two issues. And I thought, oh, are other teams going to try that? Well, they can try. But I, I've seen... Enough from Zinchenko to know that he's good enough at being able to read, read play, and, and and to defend things like that. And yeah, just just in general, love love the comfort that he has in central midfield, um, and it it the, the natural rotation with Granit Xhaka has been a joy to watch, or it was before before he got injured. So um, yeah, he's he's added plenty, and unfortunately for Kieran Tierney, it's kind of it's not it's made him look. A more average player than he is. He's a very good left back, Kieran Tierney. But but when you compare watching Zinchenko and Tierney in that role, there's a level there's a level above, isn't it? And I think there's it's, a, it's a ta- tactically much more sophisticated, a little bit more strings to his bow, uh, and he's sort of making Kieran Tierney look more like an up and down, old school left back uh, with limitations. And re- the, the truth is, Tierney's Tierney's an outstanding player, but Zinchenko is that good.
0: Yeah, I've I've been saying something very very similar on the show over the past few weeks that you know Tierney is not, is not a bad defender, he's a brilliant defender, and arguably I'd say he's a better defender. Mm. I think he is a better defender mm. than Alexander Zinchenko. But you mentioned that sophistication that Zinchenko brings to the team tactically, and I, I mean I, I don't know if you noticed it last night as well. Did you notice Kieran Tierney tucking in field a lot more than he has done in the past? He just looked a little bit lost at times to me doing that, as if he wasn't quite accustomed to it yet. Well, he isn't, is he?
1: It's not his natural style. he He's the guy that stands on the wing, isn't he? He's the one that pushes on. But but he's trying to obviously replicate the role of, of Zinchenko. And yeah, he, just, he can do it, but it's not comfortable yet. He might take the extra touch, might be a little bit less fluid. A bit clunky, really, I, I would say, is the description of him in that inverted position. It's not to say he couldn't develop into... A very good player in that role. But but Zinchenko, I think, is more of an actual midfielder that can play at left-back rather than the other way around. Tierney's very much a defence, a a strong defender at left-back that loves to fly forward. You would never put Kieran Tierney in central midfield, if you're being honest. So it's not a great fit if we're going to play that way, I guess, for for Kieran. Um, Maybe if he plays in the long term as Zinchenko's out or plays somewhere else, we need to get the right back in to do that kind of thing and allow Kieran to play his natural game on the other side because because Mikel is quite happy to be
0: lopsided when you know just to suit the players that he's got at his disposal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've touched on the midfield a little bit there, and and obviously left backs tucking into it, and and we see it a bit from the right hand side as well. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot of concern at the moment though around the injuries that we've currently right. got in midfield: Partey out, uh, Zinchenko out at the moment, as far as we know. Nenny out. We were told it was a significant injury. Haven't had any further detail on that just yet. Um, Lokonga stepped into the team yesterday and I thought he did really well. Mm. That role, the number six role, if you want to call it that at Arsenal, mm. it has changed now, hasn't it? With yeah. the way we set up tactically and does that make it easier for the likes of Lokonga to be able to hold that position on his own?
1: Yeah, maybe. I think with Sami he's he's a uh... He can play in the six or the eight. I don't think there's an issue there. He's probably somewhere in between, isn't he? He's, he's more of a natural in a, in a normal orthodox too. But yeah, Thomas Partey, the way he, he occupies that role, he's kind of made it his own, um, getting the ball off the back four and, and basically dictating and allowing Erdegaard and, and Xhaka and, and everybody else to push on. Um, it, on the flip side, by the way, Fulham did a brilliant job of nullifying that, I thought, yeah. when any played, just by pressing brilliantly. And we saw that at Palace, didn't we, last last season when they battered us. They basically stood on Thomas Partey and pressed the life out of us and said, well, that's whatever you do, we're not going to let you give it to the number six, all right? So we've got to be careful. We've got to find a way to sort of circumnavigate that because other opponents are going to try and copy it. But, but yeah, no, I agree. I, Villa didn't, we're nowhere near good enough to copy it or or affect us, to be perfectly honest. They, they look a bad team at the moment. But, but yeah, I thought Zambi was good. Nice and confident, wasn't he? He played some lovely balls, particularly out to the left-hand side, those sort of long raking switches of play. In tight areas, he looked quite comfortable. So, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good first outing for him. And I'm comfortable with him playing there, <laughs> providing he stays fit. It's um, Yeah, he's the next best person for the job, no doubt about it. But, but it looks like we might be bringing someone in or trying to bring someone in to compete for that position. But, um, yeah, no, he did well. Uh, but but we are. I mean, the points. I haven't got the figure to hand, but I know that the points per game ratio is is much better when Thomas Partey plays compared to when he doesn't play. So the sooner we can get him fit,
0: the better because he is um, he's a very much a key man. Absolutely. I read a stat last week. I think it was that he's only played fifty eight percent of the Premier League game since he's been here, which is it's a problem. You know, as good as as good a player as he he is, it is a problem, and and we are very reliant on him. Um, in that area. But you, you mentioned there that we might be bringing someone in. Let, let's kind of address that elephant in the room because mm-hmm. I know that people in the chat will, will want us to talk about this a little bit. Um, Douglas Louise is the guy being linked. Let's get it out there. None of us know whether this is going to happen or not at the time of recording. There's still a few hours of the window remaining. Don't know if Arsenal will get this deal done. There are multiple reports doing the rounds. Some say uh, that Arsenal have had a second bid rejected for Douglas Louise. Um, others are sort of saying that Aston Villa are looking for around about 40 million. I don't It'd know about you. Around. Yeah, exactly. I don't know about you, but anything more than, I, I guess 30 million would be my absolute maximum on the player, given his contract situation. Mm. First of all, do you think Douglas Luiz would be a good fit? And, you know, is, given the bodies that we have, I know that we've got a few injuries at the moment, but given the way the squad will look when everybody comes back to fitness, is this a necessary Outlay £25, 30 pounds. <laughs> it depends, doesn't it? How long's Partey out?
1: Can you rely on him for the mm-hmm. season? You just you just quoted the stat fifty eight percent of games. Now that is that's in that figure is sort of ringing in Arsenal's ears with Edu and and, and the guys Richard Garlic. They're all thinking: Is he going to miss a lot of football again this season? If he is, can we afford not to do this? And and I think. I think the right thing to do is is go for him. I do. Obviously, there are other options out there, but I think he's a pretty good fit. I really do. I, I, obviously, he's his heart's not in Villa anymore. That's why he's not in the team at the moment. He's running down his contract. I think it was on the cards that someone would come in from this summer. That's why he's not a nailed-on starter for Gerrard, because he, he easily gets into that team, in my opinion. Um, now I think he's probably he's much better suited to us than Villa. <laughs> Put it that way. I think he's a, quite a silky player. Um, good good on the ball. It's very skillful. He can score good goals. We've seen that in the past, haven't we? But above all else, he, he's mobile. He's pretty athletic. And he, he can defend. He knows his way around the pitch in terms of breaking up play and then bringing others into it. So, um, yeah, technically, he's, he's up to Arsenal level, I think. Uh, he would join the Brazilian Band of Brothers, potentially, which is nice. Um yeah, it's not a Gabriel, which a bit, which is just a relief, isn't it? We couldn't have another one, could we? But the um, no, I think I think it'd be a real top sign in. Um would he get into our number one eleven? I don't think so. But um but look, things can change. You know, things evolve all the time, don't they, in football teams and, and yeah, I think he, he is of the he's of the level. He's ahead let's say he's, he's ahead of Sambi Lekonga. he's yep. ahead of Mo Oneni. I think he played ahead of both of those guys. So um, in that respect, I'm all for this. But, but yeah, I don't think we want to be paying more than 28, 30 tops for a
0: player with just one year left on his deal. Yeah, totally agree. It's not even a year; it's something like nine months um, oh, okay. at this point as well. So, but, it, but then you know.
1: what's the money to 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 us? You know, it, it depends. Mm. whether Arsenal, have got the money. It's not yeah. our money. It doesn't doesn't bother me. It's. I, I think that's the one frustration maybe of the window. And Arsenal have been really ambitious and they've spent good money wisely, in my opinion. But th- this deal could have been done quite quickly, I think, or with, with more with less fuss. Um, had we sold some players, have we have we got good money in for for, for other players? But it looks as if they're they're going out on frees and, and and loans again, which I think is is a sign of frustration. Somebody like Anthony and nas for example, you know he's a player of value, isn't he? But at the moment, for some reason, no one wants to sort of pay that valuation, and we end up loaning him out. We could, in effect, I think, get the kind of fee that would, you know. We'd receive something like that for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, which we could then splash out on a Douglas Louise, and we balance the book. So, yeah, that's the that's the slight frustration, but but it's not our money, so we need we needn't fuss about it too much.
0: Yeah, I, absolutely. It's just I, I guess from my perspective, this kind of like I feel like I've got scars from the past in that I've seen Arsenal over the years go out and spend big amounts of money on players mm. that even maybe internally they weren't totally sure about. Now I know that yeah. they're always trying to do the right deals and they're always trying and it's got the best they've got the best intentions at heart but you just sometimes feel like some of the transfers have been a little bit panicky and and actually i'd say that the fact that we're going for douglas louise this late in the window probably says that the injuries have pushed us into doing this right so i think he was on the list i'm hmm. sure he was on the list of possible targets but maybe he was a little bit further
1: down that list because of various reasons and and yeah, just because of circumstance, it, it leapfrogs, doesn't it? Um, can we afford not to bring in a central midfielder and risk it? We risked it in January, didn't we, by by letting the captain and striker go, and we didn't replace them. And I do think ultimately it it, it played a part in our failure to make top four. So let's let's strike while the iron's hot. We're on fire. Everyone wants to join us. Everyone wants to be part of the part of the revolution. So let's um, let's speculate to accumulate and and hopefully we can balance those books out at a slightly later date and and get some fees in for the players that Mikel's not sure about
0: moving forwards. Yeah, for sure. That's that's been a big problem for Arsenal isn't it? as you mentioned getting getting fees for players. I mean, today Hector Bellerin's contract has been cancelled essentially mutually terminated so that he could join Barcelona. And yeah, I mean, I still feel like there's a hangover from the the guys previously sort of calling the shots whereby we've been left with a group of players that we'd have thought we'd have got some value for and and the value just isn't there. The other thing is when you're trying to sell abroad, you know, you're never going to get the same money that you would in a Premier League to Premier League transfer. No, no, I think, yeah, someone like Hector's, if he knew that Barcelona were in for him,
1: there's only one place he wants to go, um, and and I don't think Arsenal would want to deny him. I, he's a very popular figure. I, I bumped into him last night. I wish I'd sort of said something, because um, it didn't sort of strike me at the time that that might be the last time we'll see him at Emirates Stadium. But yeah, he's um, yeah. I wish it wish him well. But yeah, yeah, we could do with getting some some transfer fees in sooner or later. But but the bottom line is what Mikel Arteta and and the and the Edu and the guys are doing is stripping the squad that was underperforming for so long. They have stripped it back and they've got just the kind of model and profile of player that Mikel Arteta wants to work with. And you can see the benefits of it. So even though we're we're, we're maybe not getting those deals that we want for the guys, and by freezing them out, we're we're lowering their values as well, it's actually benefiting the team and it's probably helping us put more points on the board, getting that sort of um, slimmed down more focused squad you know to to use rather than having the having a bloated squad full of players that really are, are probably thinking where's my next move
0: yeah for sure and i think the the fact that we've looked at people specifically with that versatility and that ability to play in multiple positions kind of backs up that point, doesn't it? That he, Luis does it. Good... he
1: can play six or eight. He can, he can easily play in the granite Xhaka position. Not a problem. We can see, we, we know he loves to shoot from corners. So that's an <laughs> asset. He's got a good long shot in him. Um, he, He's pretty, he's more silky than I think a lot of people give him credit for. And look, whether it's, I don't think this is a panic purchase. I think it's someone that was, was, was on the list, like I said but he's also the right age. It's not like we're going in for a 33-year-old um, that's coming towards the end of their career. We're getting someone, you know, sort of coming into their prime, really, um, that, that Mikel Arteta, again, knows the personality of. That's really important to point to consider. He was at Manchester City, of course, Douglas Luiz, worked with Arteta, worked with Pep. He knows him. And Arteta wouldn't go for a player that he knows unless he liked them, unless he thought they could add something. So... I'm totally on on board with the um, the
0: possible acquisition of, of Louise. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and you've hit the nail on the head about him being on the radar already. This isn't wake up on deadline day. Who can we get? Let's mm-hmm. go for him. This has been a name as well that's been connected with Arsenal in yeah, the press yeah. quite a few times in the past too. So. Exactly fingers crossed at the time of recording. <laughs> we got three hours
1: to the deadline hopefully we yeah do. they're probably just playing a bit of poker at the minute aren't they it's like no i'm not going to call them wait for them to call us or no oh, yeah. should we call <laughs> them or not like it's just it's one. we saw it in the documentary didn't we i mean going going on to that it, it, it was interesting to see the insight because it's in effect it's just like somebody like me and you just having a conversation what should we do then there's nothing more grand about it is there when when the yeah. chips are sort of down you have to make those big calls and have sensible conversations. But it it's it's often just two or three of the guys in a room saying, right, what's the best way to to get this done? It's um, It was really interesting.
0: Yeah, it was brilliant. Really, really, really enjoyed it. And um, I'll probably watch it again at some point as well, once I've forgotten a little bit about it and I'll watch it again <laughs> to refresh. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on a, a few other players um, and their performances so far this season. I feel like the fan base generally are starting to... Warm a lot more now to Granite Jacker, and obviously the positive performances help in that sense. Do you think the documentary helped, and do you think the interview that he gave, for example, to the Players Tribune, has played a part in in that barrier being broken between Granite Jacker and some of the fans?
1: Possibly, yeah, possibly. I think that that he came across very well, didn't he, in the documentary? I thought, you know, he he came across someone that really cared. Um, and and I think every every team needs personalities like Granite Jacker that are really driven, but they've also got good positive energy about them. Um, not just he's not a guy that just thinks about himself and his own game. Clearly cares about the team and, and the team ethic. And and because that came across, I think it does does increase his popularity. But so too is is his performance levels because he's in a new role that he didn't. Let's be honest, he didn't look great in towards the end of last season in this sort of. Left midfield, eight position. But he's, he's been excellent. Really, really good, I, I think, anyway, across the, across the first few weeks of the season. Um, in terms of chances created in open play, he's second. He's second for Arsenal. He's ahead of Bacot Saka. He's ahead of Gabriel Jesus. He's ahead of Martin Erligard. He's made nine chances. Um, it's only Gabriel Martinelli that's ahead of him. Uh, in terms of touches in the box, I think he's um, fourth. So he's getting himself into the box to just cause a bit of mayhem. and We saw that for the goal, didn't we, last night where he makes the run. If he's not there to, to put that ball across the face of goal, we don't get the deflection. Emmy doesn't spill it and Gabriel Jesus doesn't score. So, yeah, I'm, I'm loving his, his energy and his application for this new role. And um, you, could, you couldn't drop it at the moment. He's he absolutely nailed that position. And made it his own for the for the here and now, Granite Jacker. And um, I'm am just chuffering. him. On the breakdown live, by the way, we we have a studio audience now for every game. We're absolutely loving the show. It's it's it's, it's been so so good. And uh, you know, guests popping into the box and, and chatting to us. A few celebs have come on, and um, but we got guests you know guests in there, and we canvassed opinion last night before the game uh, on Granite Jacker, who's who's you know who who's happy for Granite jackins to be a regular starter moving forwards. And uh, every person in the room said they, they were happy with him and they're fully on board. So, you know, rewind the clock, not that long. And I think it would have divided the room genuinely. So um, yeah, it's been a cracking start to the season
0: for Granite. Absolutely. Uh, Adrian, just let people know how they can find the breakdown as well, because a couple of people have asked yeah. uh, in the live chat. Well, yeah. So, so I still make the breakdown
1: um, every week. Um, it was obviously on the on the website for, for years and years and years. Um, at the moment, it's not going on there. Um, you know, it's something sort of out of my hands. But but you can actually watch it on the live show. If you tune in an hour before kickoff, when we launch, we do the team news reaction. Then we play out the breakdown of the previous game. So that's one way you can look at it. It also goes on a TV show called Arsenal 360, which um, it airs overseas. It's it's not available in the UK, but it's sold to a number of countries around the world. It's a sort of magazine show. And The Breakdown has always been on that since the word go. Then there's The Breakdown Live, which is the match day show uh, with myself and Nick Bright. And yeah, thats that's been sort of rebranded. We've got an executive box now, studio. We've got a lot more access. We Yeah, we're sort of, it's a really fun, fast-paced show. You never know what's going to happen. It's very lively for the home games. The away games is a bit more traditional, sort of studio-based with no audience. But yeah, it's been so much fun. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, tune in for it. Yeah, it's an hour long show. Loads, loads of good content, and um, and also the commentary is fantastic. With Dan Roebuck. he's a terrific commentator. And uh, yeah, if you can't get to get to the games, you can, you know, we're, we're hoping to transport you there, and you can you can listen to the commentary. And maybe if you've got a stream, maybe you can marry that stream with the commentary as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's a very Arsenal show. Um, but look, the people that want to watch it are, are, are very Arsenal, aren't they? So it's
0: it's all good exactly that make sure you do check it out guys it is as Adrian says brilliant content um, and well worth a watch so uh, please do check it out Um, let's talk a little bit about Gabriel Martinelli I said at the start of this season that I really had high hopes for him that I thought that this was going to be the season where Gabriel Martinelli took it to another level and five games in I've not been disappointed what have you made of his display so far
1: yeah, good crystal ball work there, Harry. I like it. Now, I mean, because let's be honest, he was stagnating, wasn't he? A little bit last season. I don't think he was affecting enough games consistently enough. But since he came back from pre-season, I think he's loved playing with Gabriel Jesus. I think that's been a contributing factor. They've got a great rapport, haven't they? It's wonderful to watch. But yeah, in general, he's just elevated his own game. I suppose it's an age thing. He's more comfortable in the environment. He's in his it's the early 20s now, so he's, he's used to English football. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's had more shots than Gabriel Jesus. Remarkable. I mean, I thought he was excellent. I thought Probably our man of the match against against Aston Villa. Could have scored a worldie. It's a brilliant mm-hmm. save, wasn't it, from Martinez. Did score, made chances, and you know, put one on the plate for Saka. So, yeah, he, he, he's been phenomenal, really. I think if, if Gabriel Jesus hadn't have been so exceptional, I think the whole country would be talking about Gabriel Martinelli at the moment. As it as, you know, as it happens, he's probably the next one that you're talking about, maybe alongside Martin Erdegaard, who's been a bit special as well. So um yeah, Martinelli kicked on. I mean, what's his value? I mean, not that we that we ever crazy, want to sell him, yeah. but like you know, I mean, he's a player that I would imagine most teams around the world would would, would want, Gabriel Martinelli. And and look, we shouldn't worry about that. We should just sort of enjoy it. And just say, right, well, let's let's just um, kick on. This is a player that can help us go to the next level. I've, yeah, we always loved his spirit. We loved his fight. Fans have always taken to him. But his, his end product now is up there. It's up there with
0: the best in the division. Yeah, and I feel like he he knows when to go 100 miles an hour and he knows when to rein it in yeah. a little bit now. He's a bit more yeah. measured in his approach. I feel like, as you say, the end product is definitely there. But every time he gets the ball on that left-hand side, you feel he's a threat. And and that this ability to just bring balls down out of the air like it's nothing and just take it in his stride is, has been really, yeah. really impressive. Mature. Well.
1: He's matured, isn't he? That's the word we're probably looking for. And and also the movement has matured. So now I, I always felt he was a bit too marooned out on the left by the touchline. He's a player that obviously can do damage around the box. I didn't think he got near, near to the box enough last season, maybe the season before. This season he is. And he's, he's clearly listening really intently to what Mikel Arteta and the staff are, are sort of telling him because, yeah, tactically, he, he's been a, a notch above. And what about except set pieces, by the way? I think uh, he, will, he will muck them up because he shoots them. Basically, he, 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 he hits them so fiercely that at least half will be rubbish, all right? But we've got to take that on the chin because the other half might create goals. Uh, and we've seen it, haven't we, with a couple
0: already this season? Maybe uh, if Douglas Dewey does get in, he can teach him how to score from a corner. You <laughs> yeah, never know. <laughs> they are having a competition, weren't they, between themselves? Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. Um, guys, if you've got any questions for the last sort of 10 minutes or so, please do pop them in the chat. I can see there's plenty of you watching us live right now. Please do leave a like on the video. Please do subscribe to the channel. If you are new and if you're listening on the podcast platforms, then please do uh, leave us a review as well. It really does help. A big thank you to Manuel uh, for your very kind uh, super chat donation. Thank you uh, so, so much for that. Really, really do appreciate it. Um, Before we dive into the questions, so I can give people Mm -hmm. a chance to to pop some in. Mm -hmm. What are you feeling like going into this game at Old Trafford? at the weekend. I know it's injury news dependent to a degree, but you know, it feels like we're in a good place. United are in action this evening while we're recording. Don't know what the outcome of that's going to be yet. They may have just turned the corner, but I'm, I'm kind of feeling confident that this is as good an opportunity to go and win at Old Trafford as we've had in ages. Yeah. Like I I always mean,
1: said. It feels <laughs> like we've had a few of those good opportunities and, and and every time we go there, they've they've been awful and we've somehow conspired to drop points. But, um, yeah, player for player team, you know, you compare the teams in terms of their form and fluidity. Arsenal are a better side than Manchester United at the moment. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident. But the history books tell us that we they seem to find a way to to yeah, take points off us, which has been really, really frustrating. So I'm trying to stay positive. I, th- I think much will depend on the team. Obviously, there's a slight worry about Ramsdale, wasn't there? I Hope he's okay. Udegaard, the same. I think it was like a, a kick on the top of his foot. Now I used to have those all the time. You can definitely get through them, but they don't. They are sore, so it's not yeah. ideal. Um, hopefully, Zinchenko will come back. I think that would be a real boost for us if if he's available. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm confident. I think we can really hurt them in the in the wide areas. Um, Dallo, he's not a poor player, but I think the Martinelli can take him to the cleaners. I think that Gabriel Jesus can give um, Varane and Lissandra Martinez, you know, a really difficult time. Um, and Saka, who's sort of, no, he's not been at his very best, but I think he, he's capable of overpowering Molassi. And Malassi is a really tigerish fullback, but um, he's not the biggest. And I think Saka has the you know the ability to, to bundle his way past him in the game. So I, I think going forward, we can hurt them. It's just at the back, can we can we be solid and resolute enough? Um, would that central midfield issue sort of hurt us? We'll, we'll have to wait and see.
0: For sure. Um, I've had a question come through on Twitter from uh, Tom1248, um, who says, what do you make of those who have been critical of Bukayo Saka's start to the season? Now, I have to caveat this with, I thought last night he was superb. But prior to that, there were people saying that, not that he was bad, but maybe that he... Not quite got going yet. What, what did you make of his kind of start well, to the campaign? He's got two
1: assists, hasn't he? Um, he's made a goal at, at Palace as well. Um, he's still contributing. He's not at his best. He's not shown as brightly as Martinelli. He's not shown as brightly as Jesus. He's not shown as brightly as herdegard But those three guys have been phenomenal. I think that I think Bakayo has been a solid seven out of ten at the start of the season. It's just that the other guys around him. A kind of in in the nines territory, aren't they? So, I think that's probably skewed things a little bit. Um, I'm not worried about Saka. The, the only thing you could say is that he become a mark man, and other teams will really look to to focus their attentions on him. But but look, the way it's going with Erdegaard and Martinelli being so brilliant themselves, then rival teams will maybe look at them instead of Bacayo and that's where he can maybe enjoy a little bit more space. So. No, I'm not worried at all about him. Um I mean, look, we've got we've got Smith Row to come in, we've got Fabio Vieira. Um, there are options. I mean, it doesn't feel like we're going to get that wide forward slash striker, which which is a shame, I do think, because yeah, if I was to sort of think about the one thing that we've missed in the market this summer, it has to be a stri- another striker. Um, with the five subs having the ability to to have more than just Eddie and Ketia to come off the bench, I think. I think it's something that we might regret moving forward, but we'll have to wait and see. We know Martinelli can play there. Um, Hopefully he'll get an opportunity to play down the middle if if the other guys are out. But yeah, that's the one thing, that wide forward that could have covered Saka, covered
0: Gabriel Jesus. That's the one that, that I would have liked to have come in. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we were so heavily linked with Rafinha. We know what happened there. He wanted to go to Barcelona. There was no way that that deal could be done. So it's it's in no way a reflection of of Edu and Arsenal's efforts to get that deal done. But were you surprised that we didn't then have somebody else on the list to kind of turn our attentions to? Because there hasn't even been any rumours.
1: I don't think we've had the funds for it, if I'm being honest. Obviously, I don't see the bank balance, but it felt like... We got to the point where we've spent a lot of money and it's like, right, anything from here on in, we've got to sort of be really careful with. And and yeah, if we'd have sold a player, I guess, for for decent money, like a mate at the Nars, for example, then a Douglas Louise would be a freebie. And then it's... But, but if you're talking about a quality-wide attacker that can also play up front, you are looking probably at... 40, 50, 60 million, aren't you? Yeah. And and I just don't think Arsenal are in a position to to do that. If they'd have sold Nicola Pepe, for obviously they wouldn't have got huge money, but if they'd have sold him, maybe maybe they could have gone in and, and spent some money on somebody. But yeah, maybe that's one for, for January. But yeah, I, I do feel we're light because if we lose Jesus... Yeah, the, the whole the right dynamic changes, action. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah the it, whole dynamic yeah. changes. Eddie's been brilliant, sensational. Mm-hmm. All these cameos are, are outstanding, but he's not Gabriel Jesus, unfortunately, and and he's not that experienced at the highest level. and And then what if what if he gets injured or if he loses form? Who 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 comes in for him if Gabriel Jesus is out for a sustained period? So that is the one the one sort of black mark, I guess, on what's been a, a fantastic transfer window. I just hope we get lucky this time and 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 get through to the world cup and beyond um without needing you know needing that person. Chris says how would you rate the transfer window so far out of 10? Um 8. Yeah, 8 because uh, yeah the the missing two marks are um are what we've just discussed. I think it's worth two marks getting <laughs> getting getting that third striker because I had it down as the priority. I've got to be honest, at the start of the window, I wanted a taller striker. I wanted someone that gives us a different dimension, that we're able to mix things up a little bit if, if we're chasing a game. Um, I think it's pretty apparent that Mikel Arteta's not worried about that. He, he, he has a profile of striker that, that he likes. They look like Jay and Ketia, and that's fair enough. I just think we need a third one um, to, to get us through the season. So yeah, that that loses the two the two marks. Other than that, and I suppose you you, you could probably say um, the fact that we haven't made much money from from player sales is is also a sort of slight negative. So, but I'd still give it an eight because we've got uh, Vieira, who the club rave about. By the way, all, all the whispers I keep hearing are that this Vieira is unbelievable. Um, we know that Zinchenko's class. We know that Jesus is excellent. Marquinhos has been doing well in the in the reserves you know Turner is, is is a decent keeper i think most american um, fans that, that i've spoken to have said he's good so um so no it's been it's been good
0: but it could have been a little bit better <laughs> yeah i totally agree fingers crossed we can get them in and then you know maybe we can readdress uh you know that wide position that forward position in january but ultimately i just feel like last season when when push came to shove, you know, everybody was was critical of the recruitment or the lack of in January and yeah. the mm-hmm. fact that we allowed certain players to go. And I think it's really easy to do that with hindsight. But I just feel like we we had such rotten luck with injuries in that we lost our centre midfielder, which meant that I think Mikel felt he needed to go back to that two-man pivot to kind of compensate for that. And that took something away. And then you had two fullbacks who... Mm. You know, in, you know, you had Nuno Tavares at times. You had um, no Tomiyasu. Asu. It, it just weakened the whole structure. And mm. and, and, and then you add that Saliba's coming and, and giving that structure a bit more solidarity. I mean, how good has he been? <laughs> yeah, I've loved him. I love the
1: song. I love, love him. His reaction to the sort of setback of scoring the own goal was was perfect. You know, the goal was just, just poetry emotion, wasn't it? The goal. Down at Bournemouth, so yeah, yeah, he's been a revelation, really, and I, I suppose it vindicates Mikel Arteta's decision to to loan him out to to ready him for for the Premier League because he's come back a ready made player, hasn't he? And and yeah, he's, uh, I, I'm, I'm just chuffed that, that he's now getting the love and this, he's getting the opportunity to to hear what the Arsenal fans think of him, and we've all got the opportunity to see him play because it, I think it would have humbled him; he'd have been quite embarrassed, I think. Hmm. young player bought him for big money, basically axed because the, the gaffer doesn't think he's good enough. That's a, that, that can make a lot of young players crumble, but it's, it seems to have been the making of him because he'd gone out there to, to league earn two loan spells. And he said, right, I'm going to come back and show Mikel Arteta, to show Arsenal, I'm um, I'm miles better than what they think I am. And he's done it. and And yeah. now everybody knows how good he is. So yeah, well, well done to him. And, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I like the combination. I feel sorry for Ben White because he's sort of lost his spot, but I, I don't think anyone can can argue that that Saliba's in the team on merit,
0: and yeah, I think he's there to stay. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, you know, when he was coming back, when we were hearing in the summer that he was coming back, my big fear and worry about the whole thing was a his contract situation, which from the whispers we're hearing, shouldn't be an issue for too much longer. Uh, But B was, can him and Mikel Arteta get back to a good working relationship, given what you mentioned, that he may have felt a little bit of embarrassment based on the way things went. Um, But I think coming back, getting into the team, playing so well, and maybe realising what the Premier League is all about has probably made him go in his own mind, you know what, maybe the, the boss was right. Maybe he was right to let me stay over in France. And and I think that could go a long way in mending what had happened in the past, the fact that he was unregistered, not able mm. to play, sent out on loan midway through the season. I think all of that can be kind of put to one side because things are going well at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. You have to say that that they saw the bigger picture, didn't they? The the the, the coaching staff. They because you know I don't know how bad he could have been in training or in the practice games for him to have been so sort of down the pecking order. When you look at some of the players that were being picked ahead of him, it it is remarkable. But I think that they did see the bigger picture and thought, you know what, even though he could be third or fourth choice for us now, if he goes out and he shines like we think he can, then he comes back as as a number one. And and that's what's happened. So, yeah, it's... um, But, yeah, it's the support. And I think the Emirates Stadium has basically... United to give him sort of a 60,000, you know, 60,000 people cuddle, haven't they? They've sort of just yeah. all put their arms around him this season and, and said, we love you, mate, and uh, and you should stay here. And, and I've, it's, it's been great to be a part of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. As a fan, that's one of the things I've enjoyed most um, is the kind of renewed Positivity around the place, that the yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's unbelievable. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, I was at the Leicester game. I obviously saw you there, and I was working on that game. And I had my headphones on, my headset, because I was doing some radio work. And there was a few occasions where I kind of took my headphones off because I wanted to appreciate the noise inside the stadium and I was thinking if they cut to me now I'm in trouble so I had to keep uh, sort of half leaving them on half taking them off but yeah the noise is is
1: fully engaged the fans aren't they I think the Ashburton army deserve deserve a bit of credit yeah they they sort of where we are in the box for the breakdown live they're beneath us and they're Mm -hmm. just relentless those guys and I've also walked past a few of the pubs on the way to the ground, and they're there very early, and they're singing then as well. I mean, I don't know how they do it. I got to be honest, sort of singing non-stop for four or five hours. But but it it it's it's got younger people into the ground, and everyone's yeah, everyone wants to sort of feed off that and and sing these new songs that they're coming up with. It's it's
0: it's really fun going to the games at the moment. I'm loving it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, just a final comment uh, from Temi, who says, not a question, but I want to shout out Adrian Clark's contribution to Arsenal, a three decade service to the <laughs> club. So some love uh, for Adrian there from oh, Temi. That's very
1: nice. Yeah. Oh, look, it's all my pleasure. Look, I, when did I get spotted? I think I got spotted at the age of 10. So, yeah, I got spotted in the 80s, believe it or not. So, so yeah, I would have sort of first started wearing the shirt in about 86 and then I stayed there till... 97 Um, and then obviously had the period away had the rest of my career but it was so nice to be brought back I don't know how long ago it was now it's probably almost 12 years ago no more than that I think 13 14 15 years ago they 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 got me back involved on the on the commentary side and the media stuff and yeah it's, it's the it's the best job ever isn't it like just talking about football and and in particular you know analyzing Arsenal's games and discussing it it's it's not like a proper job. I feel very, very privileged. And uh, it's, it's, it's great to be part of it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, you're absolutely right. Talking about football, there's no better thing. Um, I often say to people, like, I know that the day might come where I need to go get a proper job again. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's enjoy the ride for sure. And, um, <laughs> stuff you're doing is what dreams are made of, Adrian. So um, keep it up. Congratulations. and um <laughs> Thank you for all that you do and thank you for coming on the show as always. I really, really do appreciate it. I know you're super busy. I know everyone's busy today as well on transfer deadline day. So it is very much appreciated and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Yeah, anytime, mate. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody in the live chat. Thank you to everybody who will be watching or listening to this back later on. Make sure you leave a like on the video, subscribe to the channel if you're new. And we might be back with some more content later this evening, depending on what happens between now and the end of the window. If we're not, I'll see you tomorrow. Until next time, take care. All the best. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.